Are you ready to hear all the details about my first date of 2024? Because that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this episode. Welcome to the Date with Confidence podcast, a place to come for dating advice, support and stories that will either fill you with hope or relief that your dating experience wasn't as bad as it could have been. With practical episodes that will provide you with easy to implement tips to help you feel confident AF on your next date, alongside lighthearted catch-ups where your host Rebecca, that's me by the way, shares her own experience dating after four years of the single life. You are guaranteed to end each episode feeling less alone in your dating struggles, empowered to never settle again, and confident that the best is yet to come. And if it all falls to shit, there's a special first season dedicated to breakups. You are welcome, my friend. Subscribe, review, and share with your single friends. You know, I was going to release a different episode this week, one that I'd already recorded about red flags. And then I was like, oh my God, if I was listening to this this podcast... And the week before, the host had told me all about their first date that they were going to go on. And then I knew that they'd been on the date and they didn't tell me the following week what happened on the date. I would be fuming. So (laughs) I'm going to give you the down low on everything that happened on this first date. So if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that this was with someone I met over 12 years ago on well multiple nights out we used to bump into each other regularly on nights out I say regularly like a few times and apparently also he was telling me that we went for a drink when we were in Bangkok I do not remember meeting him in Thailand but evidently we met up on Kosan Road (laughs) and we'd had a beer together he was like, it wasn't for very long, it was like 15, 20 minutes, but we, yeah, like met up, had a beer by the Irish bar. He like said the place that we'd been to and I'm like, what? Zero recollection. Absolutely zero recollection, which is really frustrating. So I was really nervous. Let, let's start at the beginning. Let's, let's let's go to the beginning. Okay, so I'm, I got ready for the date. I went to see my sister-in-law in the morning because it was her birthday, saw her, saw the kids spent a bit of time with them and then I spent um, a lot of time like getting ready, doing my hair, doing my makeup, choosing my outfit and I was really unsure what I was going to wear because I didn't want to dress up because it was a Saturday, it's kind of during the day, it's not going out vibes. I didn't want to be too dressed up, I wanted to be quite casual but a few days before the date I tried on my favourite pair of jeans and I couldn't couldn't fit into them. So I was like what on earth am I going to wear and I thought maybe I'll wear a skirt But then it got to the day and how it happened, I'm not sure, but the jeans fit. So I was fine. I put my jeans on. I had bought a new jumper that was just like a cozy, casual jumper, but it was new and wore some boots. So pretty, pretty casual, but like a nice casual because I've done my hair and makeup, if you like. So I was pretty, pretty nervous and I don't really get nervous on first dates now. And I was on my way and I was like sweating and I told my mum and she was just like, but you don't get nervous before first dates anymore. And I was like, I know, like, I am pretty good at not being nervous anymore because I feel like I've gone on quite a few and I'm just fine. But I think because there was more pressure because I knew this guy before, there was that pressure of, is it going to be awkward? Is there going to be chemistry? What's it going to be like? There was a lot of, a lot more pressure I felt like, even though we'd also said 
there doesn't need to be pressure because it was a date slash non-date because when he'd asked me out on a date I was just like well why don't we if it feels like a date it's a date and if it doesn't feel like a date then we're just friends catching up but the more we talked about it the more it evidently was a date so I'm on the train messaging the girls like oh my god I'm so fucking nervous how can I be sweating this much when it's this cold and then I sat there and I tried to think about all the things that I would say to somebody in my position because this is something that I teach about like being confident in general I'm a confidence coach being confident when it comes to dating when it comes to going on a first date so I thought back to all the methods and all the techniques that I would tell somebody else to use and if you listen to I think it's episode 19 there is an episode about being confident dating I think it's this this concept, this simple concept will help you date with confidence. So I was trying to think back to what I'd talked about in that episode and I was really annoyed because I forgot my headphones and I never forget my headphones because really important to me when I'm on public transport and traveling, I like to have, I like to be listening to something. So I couldn't even listen to myself. And sometimes I do. (laughs) I recently, when I went to Valencia in October, I was freaking out on the plane. So I opened up my podcast app and I listened to one of the modules that I've got inside the confidence course, which is all about strategies for managing fear. And I listened to my own workshop on it to help calm me down. And I find that really useful, but I didn't have my headphones, so couldn't actually do it. So I was thinking about all the things that I could do to try and release the nerves and just help me feel more confident. Things like box breathing, imagine it going really well, reminding myself that I just needed that initial 90 seconds of confidence. So as soon as I'd met him, I knew it was going to be fine, but it was just that initial anticipation. Um, and then I, I was kind of by that point, I got to myself to, I'd got myself to the point where I was excited more than nervous So by the time I met him, I saw him like stand at the station and I was like, okay, great, this is fine. And he gave me a hug and he like, (laughs) he'd already said that he was going to hug me like hard. He was like, I'm like going to give you such a big hug when I see you. And he like hugged me and then like wouldn't let go. And then I was just like, okay, you can can let go now. (laughs) And yeah, it was, it was nice. I mean, obviously we've changed, like it's been what, a decade since we've seen each other. We've changed like physically, but it was still nice to there was still that comfortability and the familiarity and the it was weird it was so weird reconnecting with someone after so long and we then just started walking to the event so he had booked something for us to do he'd booked an activity for us to do but I didn't know what what we were doing so we he just got his maps out and we started walking there we'd met in Chelmsford because He lives fucking miles away. He lives over an hour away, like, out in the countryside. So we met in Chelmsford because that was kind of halfway between us, I guess. And we started walking to the activity place. And we got there, went and grabbed a drink. And then he was like, okay, we're doing axe throwing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is really exciting because I've never done axe throwing before. And it it was a nice suggestion I thought for a first date so we grab a drink go and sit down start chatting and honestly it's so easy you know when you're just with someone and it's comfortable and it's easy and I mean I was I was a bit giggly you know when you you have that like excitable energy so I was very chatty very like straight into telling stories catching up about things and what was really nice is there was no mundane chat I mean we've 
we've been speaking like every day for the past few weeks anyway so and we've been talking about so many different things but there was none of the surface level chit chat like how's your day been or anything like that it was straight into oh this happened when I was in Thailand or I want to tell you about this story or do you remember when people used to we talked about one thing where um was like there was a thing that we used to do where if somebody said something and then someone else shouted claim they had to do that thing and I was like oh my god I forgot that we used to do that all the time and we talked about different drinking games that we'd played not together but separately because he lived in Southeast Asia as well for I think it was about four or five years on and off and I'd lived in Thailand and that's um we, we like talked about our stories from there so we were just really catching up about so many different things and I I really like that. I think sometimes when you obviously meet a stranger, you don't always dive straight into interesting conversation. It can not necessarily feel awkward, but you don't have that instant, like we don't need to worry about the surface level shit. I'm not a surface level person. It doesn't interest me. I've talked about that before on the pod. boring conversation is not for me I like to go straight in with stories or like deep topics or discussing um discussing different things and not an argument isn't the right word but having debates about different things sharing opinions like that lights me up that gets me engaged and when somebody else is listening to me I find that really I find it really attractive for a start, but it's really nice when I can see that somebody is open, openly listening to me and engaging in what I'm saying. That makes me feel very comfortable. And it's quite rare that you meet people like that, I feel. So we had our drinks, we were chatting, and then we did the axe throwing. So we, I think we sat chatting for about half an hour before we did the axe throwing, because we got there early. And it was funny like we had this guy he has to go and collect the axes once you've thrown them so he was there as well kind of making jokes and telling us what to do I was terrible like I suck at axe throwing and I think it's because it was my first time and there was a bit of nerves because people are watching and I was like oh my god this is gonna be so embarrassing I'm also super competitive so when I'm not doing very well at something I get really frustrated (laughs) which is probably not an attractive thing (laughs) um but yeah it's it's fine so we were playing but then I did there was one point where I think I got all three axes on the board but then one fell off so I was like well I win at being the one that got the three axes on the board because you've not got three axes on the board so that was that (laughs) but we were laughing and joking and he was taking the piss and he was just like oh should we do another activity and I like once we'd finished and I was like no it's fine and he was like oh, I really should have booked something else shouldn't I and he was a bit you could tell like I could tell he was a little bit nervous and obviously wanted to make a good impression which I find quite endearing it's it, I think it's quite sweet when you can see that someone wants to impress you and is putting in the effort to impress you I find it endearing I think there's a fine line because when someone's too over the top, it can be irritating. <laughs> but this was the good. This was the good side of the line where it was very endearing that he obviously wanted to wanted me to have a good time, which I really appreciated. And I was like, no, don't be silly. Like it's fine that you haven't booked anything else. And what I actually really liked about the axe throne as well is that it wasn't very long. It was like half an hour, 
I think an hour would have been too much. I would have lost concentration with the ADHD. It would have been a bit repetitive, but I felt like I really enjoyed the game. So then we sat down afterwards and he was like, do you want something to eat? I was like, I don't know. And he's like, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, I really struggle with decisions. I said, I've told him about the ADHD before. I was like, I really find it hard to make decisions. He was like, well, let's go, like, let's look at somewhere to go for food. I was like, okay. And he was like, where do you want to go? I was like, I don't know like suggest some options to me I was like give me some food names like or give me some types of food and then I'll decide and he was like well steak and I was like yeah I could eat steak I could always eat steak (laughs) who couldn't eat steak (laughs) so we look at some other places and he's like let's just go out and we'll walk around so we walked um through Chelmsford and then there was a restaurant I can't remember what it was called I think it was called Middleton's is that the name of it? I've got the card somewhere. I think it was called Middleton's. It's a steak and meat restaurant, I guess. Steak and grill or something. I don't know. We went in there. It's kind of fancy, like more fancy than like a chain restaurant, I guess, unless it is a chain and I've just never heard of it. But we went in there and they wanted to see us on a table. And I was like, no, can we sit in the booth? And they were like, you can have it till six because it's booked. So we had like two hours in there. And I'm like, I want to sit where I want to sit. <laughs> I started doing this a few years ago where I practice asking for what I want so when I go into a restaurant if there is a specific table that I want to sit at I will ask to sit at that table and obviously if they say no they say no it's not the end of the world but I think it's important that we get used to actually asking for what we want so we went and sat in this booth and we sat next to each other and we're chatting and I was telling him about the near perfect date which I'll link to in the show notes I was telling him about the near perfect day I was talking about other dating disasters we were talking about experiences that he'd had dating um so many different things we had we had like lots to talk about and then a couple of the time a couple of times the, the conversation got a bit steamy and I was like I did not expect us to be talking about this right now but then it would also completely switched to the opposite where I was talking about losing my dog and he was talking about the dogs that he'd lost so it was a bit emotional as well like we talked about literally everything so many different topics that we covered and we were just having a really nice time so got some food and then the bill came and he obviously paid for it he'd paid for the activity and the bill came and I was like do you want to split it and we had already talked about the whole bill splitting thing before we went on the date. So before he asked me out, when we first reconnected, he assumed that I was still in a relationship with my ex and I didn't know like where he stood in terms of his relationship status. And I said um, that I'd started dating again recently and he was like, oh, I thought you were settled down. And then he said to me when we were first messaging, like who should pay on a date? And I was like... I think if if a guy has asked me out, I would like him to pay for me. I was like, I don't expect it and I will offer to split it. But if he suggests splitting it or if, if he doesn't pay for it, I know he's not the one because I want someone that's going to take me out and treat me and um, make me feel secure and looked after in all areas of my life. So one of those is like financially, and yes, I'm an independent woman. Yes, I want to make my own money. Yes, I intend to be very successful successful throughout my life. But I also like it when a guy pays for my dinner. I find it attractive. I enjoy it. I like being taken care of. So 
I'd said this to him in a message and he was like, I think a guy should always pay on the first date, especially if he's the one that's asked you out. And then I said, I did say to him in the message, I was like, I will offer to split it because I feel like, I feel like there's that expectation nowadays where a woman has to offer or she's rude or has those expectations or maybe feels entitled. And I said to him as well at the time, I was like, if I know that I'm definitely not going to see the guy again, because there's, there's nothing like there's nothing from my side I will suggest splitting it because it really annoys me when I watch first dates and the girl racks up a massive bill and then doesn't offer to split it and then goes yeah I'm not going to see you again I, I personally think that's rude I think if you know that it's a definite no you should at least offer to pay So when we were in the restaurant and I said, oh, do you want to split it? He later said to me, I was really worried that I'd done something wrong because you've told me before you offered to split it when you're not into someone. (laughs) And I was like, no, but I just didn't want you to think I was being rude. So he paid for dinner, which was lovely. He's a good tipper, which I know that's not really important to some people, but to me it is. I think both, both of us have worked in the hospitality industry. So we are both on the same page when it comes to tipping and when it comes to um, the way that you communicate with the people that are serving you, whether that be bartenders, waiters, waitresses, anyone in the service industry, I think it's very important that you acknowledge them, that you smile, that you say please and thank you, that you don't ignore them when they come to clear your plates away. Like I am, I find it very unattractive when somebody is rude or it doesn't acknowledge the people that are serving them. This was one of the problems with the near perfect date guy. The manners that he had around the waitstaff annoyed me. Likewise, tipping, I think tipping is important. I don't agree in tipping every single person I think if you have gone somewhere and the service has been shocking I don't agree with tipping obviously in the UK in the states it's different it's compulsory but I do I do think it is important if you've had a good meal if you've had good service then I think tipping is good he's a good tipper another green flag tick so then we carry on talking and he says oh do you want to go for another drink? And by this point, I've had two glasses of wine and I'm like, actually, I don't think I can drink anymore at the moment. I think I would be pissed. He's not drinking because he's driving. So he says, do you want to come back to mine? Now we had talked about this pretty extensively before we went on the date. We'd joked about it. He'd suggested it. I think I'd suggested it. It wasn't a shock when he asked me to go back to his. And I'd also been very upfront with him, like, I don't want to commit to coming back to yours until we go on this date because I don't want to get on the date and then be, like, not feeling it and then I have to go back on my word or I feel guilty or I feel pressured into coming back to yours because I've said yes. Not that he would pressure me, but I would pressure myself because I'd be like, oh, I don't want to change my mind. Even though, as we all heard in... Was it last week's episode or the episode before? No, the episode before that you're allowed to change your mind at any point. Even though we know that you are allowed to change your mind at any point, there's still that once I've made a decision, I'm like, oh, I don't want to back out. Um, so we we had we had discussed it. So when he asked if I wanted to go back to his, I was like, sure, we can go back. Like, let's watch a film. Let's get a bottle of wine. So we go to the car park, go get in his car. 
And then he's like, oh, I've got to get petrol on the way home. Do you want anything? And I'm like, oh, should we get some wine? So he gets beer and gets wine and he says to me, is there anything you want? And I was like, a toothbrush? Because obviously I hadn't taken a toothbrush with me. Now, I had taken a small bottle of cleanser and a like a miniature cleanser and a miniature moisturiser because I knew that if I didn't take my makeup off the next day, or that night, I didn't take it off that night, but the next day, I knew that my face would feel horrendous and I didn't want my skin to feel really awful the next morning. (laughs) So I had been a little bit prepared, but a toothbrush isn't really something that you carry in your handbag. So I asked him for a toothbrush. He also got me a toothbrush. (laughs) And it was pink, which is very thoughtful, (laughs) I think. Um, So then we go back to his and we watched a film. What did we watch? We watched Reptile, had the fire going, had some more wine, although I didn't drink that much of it um, because... By this point, I'd had enough and I was starting to get a headache. Cozied up on the sofa and, yeah, watched a film, watched a documentary. And I will leave the rest of the evening to your imagination. Because I don't think we need to go into step-by-step details of what happened. But (laughs) for those of you that have been invested in my sex life, which I know is some of you because I know some of my close friends listen to this. And for those of you that I haven't got around to messaging yet, You'll be pleased to know that I finally had sex for the first time in over four years and it was worth the wait. And that's all I'm going to say. So (laughs) we get up the next morning, he takes the dog out for a walk and I go and shower and I've already, I already know I'm leaving relatively early in the morning because my dad had messaged me the night before to say that he was going to go and visit my nan. My nan hasn't been very well for well, quite a long time now, but the last few weeks she's been worse. So he'd messaged me and said, I'm going to go and see her. I'm going to, I can come and pick you up. And I'd said, oh, I'm staying at a friend's. So I don't know what time I'm going to be back in the morning, but I'll like, I'll let you know. So I've had a shower and then I messaged my dad to be like, oh, um, and I'd already spoken to, um, what nickname are we going to give him? (laughs) I'd already spoken to the guy about, like getting home the next day and he was like I'll drive you home and I was like are you joking and he was like no like I'll drive you home and I was like okay and I said well I'd need to leave at like nine to be able to get back home for 10 and I was like that's really early he was like no it's not and I was like it's nine o'clock on a Sunday morning that's early and he was like yeah but I get up at half five every day like it's not early to me so we'd agreed that I was gonna leave pretty early anyway. I think had I not been seeing my nan, I probably would have stayed for the day. I mean, <laughs> providing it had been all right with him, but I think it would have been. I'd have probably stayed for the day and we'd have hung out and maybe gone for lunch or I don't know, just hung out a bit more. But yeah, I, I've like showered by the time he's got back from the dog walk and then we drive, or he drives me home, which is like an hour and 10 minutes away. So that's like a two hour plus round trip just to drop me home. Now, if that's not a gentleman, I don't know what is. And I must say, I have never dated someone who is so, I don't know what the word is, like so gentlemanly. And it does make me think, my bar must have been so fucking low all these years. Because all the things that he did, like he he was so sweet. Even things like, We'd already discussed the fact that I have an iPhone and he has an Android. And I got like the next 
day or that night, he'd said to me, he was like, oh, like, by the way, I've got an iPhone charger if you need to charge your phone. And I was like, what do you mean you've got an iPhone charger? And he was like, oh, I I just had one. I'm like, when I saw it the next morning, it's like a brand new, still in its package, like iPhone charger. The fact that he'd like thought that, I mean, some people might think it's a bit presumptuous, (laughs) but I just think that's so sweet that he'd obviously thought about that. And the next morning he'd said to me, oh, I can make you a green tea. I think I've got some green tea. Like you don't drink green tea, but he'd asked me in the week what I drink because we'd had this conversation about like, he likes sugar in his tea. And I was like, oh, I don't like tea. And he was like, what do you drink? And I said, oh, I normally have herbal tea, like green tea, or I'll have coffee. And he doesn't like coffee. But little things like that, I'm like, you've, like, that is really thoughtful. And I think that's really sweet. And then, yeah, the fact that he, like, drove me home over two hours. And I was like, you can just drop me at a station. And he was like, where am I going to drop you? I was like, I literally don't know. And he was like, no, I'd, like, it's fine. I'll drop you home because then I can make sure that you get in all right. And then you can be ready to go and see your nan. But, like, so sweet. <laughs> So yeah, it was really, really nice. And I don't know like how I'm feeling now. I've got some notes about things that I wanted to cover. So how I'm feeling now. I think we've obviously been speaking since. He's He messaged me multiple times yesterday. He's messaged me today. The communication skills are top notch. Like I've never, I've, I mean, I'm not somebody that needs consistent communication. I'm not somebody that needs messages all day, every day. But having said that, we have been messaging all day, every day for the last few weeks. And it's been really nice. And what I've noticed is his actions reflect his communication. So he's not somebody who says one thing and acts differently. They're very much on par, which I really like. And even sweet things like he'll message me every morning. He's always the first one awake. I think there's a couple of times where I've woke up first, but he's always the first one awake because he goes to work early and he'll message me every morning. And then every single night since we've been speaking, because he obviously gets up earlier, whilst we're chatting, he'll message and he'll be like, I think I'm going to crash out soon. So I'm going to say goodnight now. And little things like that. He doesn't just stop replying. And it's not, it's... It's not that I need those replies. I don't need him to tell me he's going to sleep. But the fact that he's thought about it and thought, oh, I'm going to tell her that I'm going to sleep so she doesn't think I'm just ignoring her. That's really sweet. I, it's so strange. (laughs) Honestly, it is so strange to be in this position. I am not used to being treated so well. And even, there's even been scenarios where we've been communicating and he said something and I've been unsure how to interpret it or I've interpreted it one way and it's, I've kind of questioned it and thought, oh, I I don't know how I feel about what he's saying. And then I've said to him, oh, can you clarify what you meant? Because I took it this way and straight away he's like, oh no, this isn't what I meant. I meant it this way or... I'll say something or he said something and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I feel like I can be really honest with him and if I don't understand something or if I need extra clarification because, I don't know, the way he said something has made me feel a certain way, he immediately clarifies and doesn't make me feel like I'm crazy for asking for clarification or doesn't make me feel guilty for questioning something or doesn't gaslight me. (laughs) 
And I tell you what, my bar has been so low because these tiny little things are such a massive thing for me. And I'm not going to lie, there are things that freak me out. And I think it is because of how safe I feel. I'm not used to feeling this safe, which is pretty fucking sad, really. But it's also like, it is nice. It is nice to feel like this. I feel very steady. I've never really felt steady before with anyone that I've liked in any relationship. I have typically had those roller coaster emotions. You know, where you get like really anxious about someone. And this happened actually with the Am I Delusional guy. I thought I really liked him and my body, my nervous system went into fucking overdrive. I tell you, I didn't sleep for the weeks that we were dating. My anxiety was through the roof. I had palpitations all the time. I was constantly anxious. And I thought that was, it's so weird. I thought that was my body freaking out because I was like, oh my God, he's a good guy. I finally found a good guy. And I thought my body was freaking out then because of him. And now being in this situation where I feel so steady that yeah, I've got a little butterflies because it's nice, but not in a anxious, desperate, codependent, need the attention way. And it's really lovely, but also it is scary. And I am like trying to be conscious about my thoughts because I have noticed my brain almost trying to force red flags. It's almost like my brain is going, but this is too good to be true. Like what can be wrong with him? Let's pick up on things that can be bad. And I'm trying to just be very relaxed around the situation. We had a great time this weekend. I'm not seeing him next weekend because he's out for it with his family, but I'm going to see him the weekend after, which again is nice because it's not that rushed. Oh my God, I need to see you like that um, addictive, desperate, have to be with you energy. I mean, who knows? Maybe after date three, it will be, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels... I just feel steady and it feels safe and I feel secure and I don't, it feels comfortable, which is weird, but also really lovely. And I think that that is where I'm going to leave things because I don't think there's anything else that I need to say on that. It's just really nice. It's nice to, yeah, it's probably the best first date that I've ever been on. And I do just have to say, my friends called me out so hard for this because... (laughs) One of my friends messaged me the other day because um, she was listening to the podcast about how I'd said that I put that boundary in place of telling people I don't kiss on a first date. And she was like, you are such a hypocrite. She was like, you cannot tell people that you don't kiss on a first date and then you've gone and slept with someone on a first date. And I was like, yeah, but my boundaries can be fluid. <laughs> Which I still stand by. Your boundaries can be fluid. I like to put them in place as a almost like a protection mechanism so that people don't expect it from me. But yeah, and I feel like an absolute liar after, (laughs) I think it was, there was an episode I recorded um, about sex on the third date and the date involves that you need to ditch. And I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure (laughs) that in that episode, I was like, oh, it's probably gonna take me a little while to sleep with someone new. (laughs) Well, it didn't, it took a few hours and I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm, I'm glad that it happened. We had a great time. It was, it was like 10 years in the making. Like, come on. <laughs> there was a, there was like a, a lot of, yeah. Do you know what? Shut up, Rebecca. Okay. 
if you'd like to contribute your positive dating stories or your shitty ones, or you'd like to ask me any questions or share your ics or anything, get involved in the podcast. I would really love to hear from you. Go to datewithconfidencepodcast.com slash contribute. And I will see you in the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Date With Confidence podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Subscribe, rate and review and share it with your single friends.